The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. You're listening to America's Web Radio. It's time now for the Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lintonello. Good morning. Buongiorno, everybody. Buongiorno. Good morning, Mr. Tom. How's it going? I'm just I'm doing uh, opened well. up my... Yeah, well, I'm better now. I just opened my frosty Dr. Pepper for the morning, and uh, I'm, I'm ready to go. Long time no see, buddy. Uh, so I know. Weekend, it, we were it, in Chantilly. Yeah, so uh, since I left there uh, last Sunday morning, I understand you've been having withdrawal symptoms because you haven't been able to talk to me. Is that true? I, mean, <laughs> I know I, I know you fell into a depression that I haven't been around, but hey, get over it, pal. Yeah, I'm trying to pull myself together. It's been, been so difficult. Um, you know, I've been huddled in the corner. Um, haven't been, this is the first time I've spoken to anybody all week. Oh, uh, what a shame. <laughs> <laughs> well, you had the crankshaft booth going there, and uh, you had a website seminar, and they had a lot of cool seminars, a lot of good stuff going on up there at the uh, AACA convention. Yeah, you know, uh, it, it's unfortunate because I hear this from some people that there were so many interesting and informative seminars that you know they they run simultaneously so you can't get to all the seminars you want because that's how many there are so you really got to pick and choose you know because time is of the essence you know it gets through a certain part of the day and by late afternoon they have other functions going on so that's why the seminars start at 8 a.m and run through like two three o'clock but, uh, yeah, you just can't get to them all. So, you know, I guess you got to plan ahead. Yeah, it was a, it was a lot of fun and uh, a, a lot of different seminars this year. No, no you know, no yeah. disrespect to anyone. No really, no really boring seminars either. You know, there for a while, many, many years ago, it would be Joe Durf, Life in My 1920 Buick. And, uh, you know, it just... <laughs> Wasn't exciting. <laughs> as you no, no. Mentioned. I yeah. I had a seminar that I gave Friday morning at eight a.m. and it was about uh, how to build up the content on your website and what to do, what not to do. And uh, in the beginning, you know, like it was about twenty to eight. I was in the room, and there was like two people and three people. And before you know it, by the time the seminar started at eight, there was like forty-five people in there. Maybe even fifty. So uh, that was a good turnout. But uh, yeah, you talk to the people, and they really enjoyed going to that convention. And there's so much to see and learn, and speak to people, and reconnect with old friends, which is probably the best part. Yeah, definitely. No, it was great. And then, uh, and I, I know I'll probably butcher the name, but Udvar Hazy, the uh, hmm, sp- remote space uh, Smithsonian Space Center out there uh museum mm-hmm. just absolutely amazing just killer stuff in there 
Yeah, I wish I had seen that. I didn't have the yeah. time to be there Wednesday. Uh, yeah, I know. It, it was great. A um, lot of really uh, amazing artifacts. And, and the way it's laid out is just absolutely fascinating. It has multiple concourse that you can walk, and the planes are suspended, many of them, from the ceiling so that they're at eye level wherever you happen to be walking to look at them. So it's amazing, really, really cool. Um, you know, people get all jacked up about, oh, I don't know, uh, going to Belize or what have you. You know, there's so many good things to see in this country, so many amazing things, the Smithsonian certainly being one of them. Um, but, yeah, that yeah. was great. If, if you like airplanes and aircraft, uh, I believe next year the AACA is going to have a meet in Dayton, Ohio, at the U.S. Air Force Museum, which is my favorite museum in the United States. I've been there like three or four times. It's mind-blowing. I mean, they even have boxcar there. Like the museum we just went to in, in, in Dulles, they had uh, the Enola Gay, but the one in yes, Dayton had boxcar. And they have and they have these four or five giant buildings, and it takes you from the beginning of the history of aviation all through the end. And my favorite building is where they have all these different engines on stands. And it's amazing, built by Packard, built by Lincoln, Rolls-Royce. I mean, it's amazing how many auto manufacturers were, you know, manufacturing aviation components. And next year, I believe, it's going to be in Dayton. So everyone's got to go there. And that museum is free. We love free. No, free is good. No, that is an that's an amazing museum. I'd say it, it's probably. Gosh, it would be hard for me to choose between sure, that and the Smithsonian. They're kind of on the same level. The Henry Ford, right. way up there on my list. Just absolutely oh. another amazing place. Must do museum yeah. if you haven't been. And go you know there. what's so great about. What's so great about the Henry Ford is is not just automobiles. It's Americana. It, it's the industrial age. It's machine tools. It's the original McDonald's arches, carousels. I mean, it, it's Americana at its finest. That is a must-see event, uh, not event, museum, and it's in Dearborn, Michigan. Got to go, folks. Yeah, to- absolutely fascinating. And uh, I the name escapes me, but they have a really great um, car show up there, too, with a lot of pre-war period cars uh, running around. Motor Muster. That's The it. Motor Muster. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Really, really great yeah. event. Um, so coming up in the near future, April 4 through 6, Charlotte Motor Speedway, the AACA, Eastern Spring Nationals and Grand National and Zenith Award Competition, which is the antique car world's version of the Riddler for the finest restored vehicle of the year um, out of the uh, over 2,000 cars shown annually in AACA across the country. And how many did we have competing this year? I think we have 18. Wow, sure that's like a large field. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's you know, uh, being a guest judge 
at the Zenith, it, it, it's a fantastic opportunity, and I really appreciate it. But it's the most difficult judging that I've ever done in my life. And I've judged at Bloomington Gold and the Amelia and, you know, besides the Greenbrier also, Greenwich and other places. And this is the toughest judging because they're all like perfectly restored automobiles. And many of them are just absolutely flawless. So it's it's really tough to come up with a winner. It really is. Yeah, it's it is without any question. Apart, it's very hard. Apart from having to judge with you, which that makes it very yeah. hard. <laughs> of course, but <laughs> but in terms of uh, just trying to get it right, every one of us we we are working so hard to make sure that we get it right because all of those cars are fractions there are fractions of degree of difference between those cars um, they are all restored exquisitely and to, to try to, to pick the one and, and we do pick the one but it's tough yeah it really is it's amazing yeah very tough cool, it really is cool cool thing about it is most people assume that if you win the Zenith award you had a professional restoration shop restore your car. That's not necessarily no. true. Yeah, there's some great restoration shops out there that do a great job, and I'm all in for those guys. I really appreciate what they do. But there's a lot of individuals that have won the won the Zenith Award, and they did their own restorations. Yeah, like, like the guy with the uh, Buick Caballero station wagon uh, two years ago. He did that mostly all himself, you know. Oh, and that's a tough car yeah. to restore because it, it, there's no aftermarket parts available. So a lot of things are taken into consideration when judging a Zenith car. So, uh, yeah, last year's winner was the uh, 1935 SS1 Airline Coupe, which was absolutely stunning. And uh, I think we wrote, like I think it was either a 12 or 14-page story on it in Crankshaft Magazine. So... You know, certain cars deserve in-depth, you know, reporting, and that car was just absolutely beautiful. So it remains to be seen who's going to be the winner this year. Yeah, it was a great car, um, very well-deserved uh, winner there. And I don't know, those cars were never a favorite of mine, but that one really changed my mind, sort of won me over. Um, I'm, I'm a fan now. Well, I, I got to drive in it uh, for several miles after I uh, when I photographed it uh, this past September. And uh, that was a real treat. I didn't get to drive it, which I didn't want to, <laughs> nor was it offered, and that's okay, but, you know, because that's such a, like, an irreplaceable automobile. But uh, just being in it and uh, surrounded by all that fine craftsmanship and listening to the gears and all the, you know, the engine. And I mean, it's just very mechanical sensory overload and, uh, yeah, way cool. So those are the kind of cars you expect to see at uh, the Zenith besides, you know, regular, we had a GTO last year. We've had, you know, a road runner in the past. We've had a regular a wrecking truck. Was it? I, I think it was a, yeah, we no, had, we had that. a Ford we wrecker. Had, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, and the Amphicar. <laughs> right? The Amphicar, too. Yeah, yeah, a lot of cool yeah. stuff. 
the best thing about this, folks, the best thing about it, apart from the cars, apart from the people, it's free. It's free. You can come free. for three days. I love days. free. And the AACA event on the outside of the speedway there, right along the side in the parking lot, is free. It does cost to go inside the speedway to the Charlotte Auto Fair. But the AACA events, free folks. So come on yeah, down. You got some and big take advantage of it. Yeah. Yeah, we got some big concourse coming up in March, and each one is 150 bucks a person just to walk through the gate. Meanwhile, come to the Grand National, you'll see five times as many automobiles, all pristine, and it won't cost you a dime. I love that. But I love free. But you, but you know what? If it makes everybody what? feel feel better to spend a hundred, if you feel better about the show and feel better about the cars. Just spend money 150 bucks. <laughs> Give it to Richard and I. Okay, we'll be there. Yeah. Just ask around. <laughs> we'll take you 150 bucks. Tell you how great you are, and, and you'll and buy a dinner. Just as, yeah, exactly. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, while we were up in Chantilly, we just talking about various things and. Um, subject of safety, just jacks, jack stands, lifts, fires, all of the things that you don't want to, all the wor- all the things you don't want to worry about when you're working in your garage, uh, came up. And, uh, we started talking about fire extinguishers. And this came up in the AACA, uh, class judging committee, and that's the group of people that decide, you know, uh, rules, rule changes, and things of that nature, and class changes within the AACA judging structure and uh, uh, fire extinguishers came up in there. Uh, right now, um, oops, time for a break. We'll bring it back. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. Since the 1960s, J.C. Taylor has been America's premier specialty insurance provider for classic cars, antique autos, modified, and custom vehicles. Our customers have trusted us to protect their prized possessions for more than six decades. For more information, or to receive a quote, Contact our expert team today by calling 888-ANTIQUE or by visiting our website at jctaylor.com slash awr. That's 888-268-4783 or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you, 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 you for listening. 
And now, back to the classic car show on America's Web Radio with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello. Okay. All right. So we were talking about fire extinguishers in the class judging. Yep. There's a new fire extinguisher on the market and called the uh, Element. The Element E50, and you're going to love it, Richard. Guess where it's manufactured? Brooklyn. No, but close. Tennessee. <laughs> Italy. Oh, yeah. it's, it's Italian, then it's got to be good. Of course. Yeah, I told you. you you'd love it. Uh, it's a little bit pricey. I think it runs about seventy-five bucks, eighty bucks, something like Ooh. that. But it is a non-residue uh, gas fire extinguisher. Um, it really looks like a, an oversized road flare, um, but it doesn't leave any any residue, and it is good on all of the uh, what A, B, C, D, and or maybe A, B, C, and K, I think, um, fires. And just so in, in case everybody's wand- wondering out there, the ratings on the fire extinguishers, A, B, C, etc., relate to the type of fire that that extinguisher can put out. Mm-hmm. And you have really in five classes, well, four basic classes of a fire and five types of fire extinguishers. Um, class A, a good one. fire, yeah. Yep. Class A, wood, paper, cloth, non-metal fires. Class B, flammable liquids, your gas, oil, grease, etc. Mm-hmm. Helpful to have around the mm-hmm. cars. C is an yep. electrical for electrical and energized or plugged in, um, mm-hmm. so that you know if there's. Uh, High voltage, and you go to spray the fire extinguisher. If you have a Class C, it's not the electricity is not going to travel up the stream and and zap you before you, you get the right. uh, get the fire put out. And then there's D, which we would all be interested in, but we would probably need an extinguisher. I don't know the size of Wisconsin to put out the fires, but Class D is for metals, lithium, okay. as in like battery packs in. Ah. Electric vehicles. <laughs> there you go. So, uh, there you go, but uh, don't expect to put out... $75, your, huh? Uh, oh, no, no, no. No, I'm just talking about the classes here. The one that covers right, all I know, is, but... is, the, is, is the element. But, yeah, 75 bucks for that. But, yeah. And also the uh, K, which is uh, for cooking greases and oils. And the K extinguishers are a little bit different because the way they spray, you, you know, it doesn't cause the grease to splatter all over everywhere and send mm-hmm. the fire all over everywhere. So, you know, I encourage everybody to take a few moments out and uh, spend the time and acquaint yourself with all the different kinds of fires and the extinguishers that you need to use to put them out because it really could so, let me ask save you your life. So, so do does this fire extinguisher work? better than a bucket of sand. That's what they used to have years ago. You know, next to a furnace or fire, you always had a bucket of sand. So you tell me that this <laughs> extinguisher works better than sand? 
and a bucket yeah, of water. Yeah, I'd say really? it would, would work, work better I than could a, get bucket sand for free. a bucket of water. Yeah, yeah. I go down to yeah, the beach. I can get great. all the buckets I want. Well, next time the uh, Triumph uh, pukes some gas um, out of the carburetor, catches on fire, we'll throw a bucket of sand on it. <laughs> the, uh, so, you know, you've, you've got a typically uh, Class A, Class B that you really need for your cars, you know, because that's going to cover your uh, other stuff that's in the car, uh, paper stuff, cloth, etc., wood if it's a pre-war car, and then B, the gas, oil, and grease. There's another uh, fire extinguisher out there, and I think we've mentioned it before, uh, called Fire Aid, um, Fire and then A-D-E, and it is a foam, non-corrosive fire extinguisher. problem with most of the fire extinguishers that we all typically use, the AB and ABC um, fire extinguishers, they're that dry chemical. And when you spray yeah. them on under the hood of the car or on your car, that stuff gets into all the nooks and crannies, and it's corrosive. Over and it leaves a film. Left. Yep, yep, right. So it creates yeah, no a good. huge, huge mess. So, you know, AACA has not yet accepted the Element E50 or the Fire Aid fire extinguisher. Pretty much AACA is only accepting... Uh, dry chemical, uh, but AB, you can still have one. Fire extinguishers, but you can still but have you can still one. Bring exactly, one. right? Exactly. So doesn't you matter what, what the AACA says. Right. You take you take the uh, dry chemical fire extinguisher. You stick it out there in front of your tire so that nobody docks your points for not having a fire extinguisher, and uh, right. you have your uh, Element E50 handy. Put that in the or trunk. Or the right. fire aid. There you go. Yeah, exactly. So uh, And a bucket of sand. I, I, you don't have to need a bucket of sand anymore. Right. In a bucket Very of convenient. sand. Very convenient. And in case you happen to be driving your vintage car on ice, the bucket of sand might be helpful in, you know, getting traction. There you go. Sort of stuff. Sure. You know, lots of uses. For so what else have we got? So what else? I don't know. Bag of tricks. Well, in the other thing, talk about lift. For, for a moment, you know, uh, I waited a good number of years. Most of us enthusiasts would dream of having a lift, and generally speaking, we all right. eventually end up with one. But, you know, you always see all of these uh, videos on Facebook, etc., uh, Instagram, cars, trucks falling off of lifts. Generally right. speaking, when you look at those, those are usually two-post swing arm lifts. They've just got two, oh. two posts in the center, and then they ha- each have two arms that swing out and, uh, you know, go under the lift. I don't the trust car or truck. Yeah. I do I not either. Me neither. Nope. Don't like them um, at all. N- never, never wanted one of those. I have used them many, many times, but I was always nervous, especially... Working on like a '64 Cadillac and walking around underneath of it, it just gave me the creeps. So when I had the opportunity to put put a lift in, I used a four post lift, 
and a lot of people are like, well, a four-post lift, you know, you drive out there, but you can't really get to everything the same way that you can with a uh, two-post with swing arms because the suspension hangs down on those. Well, folks, they make what are called rolling bridge jacks. They go on the four-post lift, and that way mm-hmm. you can just roll it up underneath. It's their pneumatic, connect your uh, airline to it, hit the button, and it picks up the front uh, up the front end of the car, allows the suspension to drop down. So I actually have two rolling bridge jacks on my four-post. That way I can put the car on. It's nice and safe. I don't have to worry about it teeter-tottering or falling off the lift. And uh, I can hit both of those bridge jacks. It pops the car up. Suspension hangs down. I feel very comfortable working on it. Yeah. Never yeah, worry. They, you know, I wanted to buy one, but uh, the ceiling in my garage is only eight and a half feet, and you need at least ten feet of clearance to get a lift. And a lot of people don't have that, and that's always been like you know a negative thing. But uh, you know, well, if you go punch a hole in the ceiling, go I was ahead. Say, let's just next time I come down, I'll bring a chainsaw, and we just yep. like cut, cut a hole in the ceiling. That's it. Okay, bring your, uh, yeah, you know, your uh, chainsaw and, uh, you know, I'll bring the giant sledgehammer and uh, we'll go to work so I can get that, uh, you know, lift in there. I mean, even though I, I have sports cars and they're a lot lower than, let's say, you know, a Hudson or a PS Arrow, you still need clearance, you know, because I'm, I'm almost 6'3 in height and I need to have that lift a little higher than usual to get underneath it and before you know it even a triumph that's low in height is still going to hit the ceiling if you don't have at least 10 feet 10 and a half feet so that's always been a stumbling block for many people oh yeah no i i have to say having that lift is the best thing that ever happened to me sadly i i do find myself still by virtue of the fact that i'm generally doing two or three things at once find myself occasionally clamoring around on the gravel underneath of a car, but not very often. The lift is just amazing, and if you have the opportunity to, uh, and the place to have one, just bite the mm-hmm. bullet and do it. Don't be cheap. Get the lift. Just go for it, because it, it is probably this, I don't know, the, the lift in the blast cabinet for me, and a, and a two-stage compressor. That just makes Gotta it have. okay. <laughs> uh, make Gotta it. have. Uh, right. So, yep. jacks. Jacks are another big thing uh, that I've always worried about. I don't trust them, and I never have trusted just a hydraulic jack. I know a lot of people, they'll jack, throw a hydraulic jack under a car, jack it up. They don't think twice about getting under it or getting partially under it or sticking their head up in the fender. Not me, not me, brother. Uh, probably 30 years ago, um, I was, I had one jacked up in the rear and I did not crawl up underneath of it, but I was kneeling and looking. I don't remember exactly how I was con- contorted, but anyhow, seal went out. It blew the seal, just whoosh, boom. The bumper came down and caught the top of my knee um, in sort of a Ooh. bent position. 
fortunately it didn't didn't break anything um it just left a little scar tissue and messed up the bursa there in the knee but it healed up nicely and i didn't have any more trouble but i kept thinking about the fact that had i been underneath that thing it would have been a huge issue potentially so i don't well around with jacks i i solved that problem years ago and you know how much i don't like spending money on things i like things for free you do know that right no so no, i had no idea so this is what i do or what i've done uh you go to Home Depot or Lowe's or any, you know, big box store that sells lumber, and you go to their remnants bin in the back where the wood is either ultra cheap or free. And I picked up, <laughs> I, <laughs> hey, hey, it's free. So I picked up a three-foot length of 8 by 8 wood, and it was something like $2. I mean, I had to pay $2, but hey, what are you going to do? So... I got this piece of wood, 8x8, eight eight. I took it home, I sawed it in half, and I put it underneath my car every time I jack it up, and then I have the wood there uh, as a backup. So if the jack does fail, like it failed on you, at least the car would come down and rest on that big block of wood, and my head and my brains will be saved. See? Two bucks. It's Thanks. worth it. Two bucks to save your life. I've been doing that for the most part for the last 30 years. I've, and I've never yep. crawled underneath without blocking something up, ever. But Got now, right. even after what happened to me with that uh, one jack blowing the seal, I block it up even if I don't plan on getting underneath of it. Because you never know when you think, you know, when you think you've got your handle on everything and then you do something stupid... Like, you're like, oh, well, let me look up inside this fender. Squish. You know what I'm saying? You, you sometimes do stupid right. stuff when you're just not thinking about it. And so I, I automatically block everything. And I have, you know, different size. Oh, goodness, we got to go to a break. We'll be back. Call J.C. Taylor today for a competitive quote on collector car insurance. Give your most prized possessions the attention that they deserve. You'll receive agreed value coverage giving you the peace of mind to know you're always protected. J.C. Taylor has been supporting the hobby with reliable service that has lasted for six decades. Call 888-ANTIQUE or visit jctaylor.com slash awr to get a quote today. That's 888-268-4783 or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. Attention veterans, America's Web Radio has a contest just for you. We are giving away an AR-15 style weapon to a lucky veteran. If you are a veteran or active duty, you can enter for a chance to win by submitting an entry form at americaswebradio.com slash giveaway. That's americaswebradio.com slash giveaway. Please read the official rules for more information. Good luck, and thank you for listening. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega-dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. 
It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And now, back to the classic car show on America's Web Radio with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello. All right. Yeah. So, Jack, block, block your car up. Make sure it's safe. Make sure if that jack fails, it's not going to come down on you. It'll come down on something else. First, particularly since, well, it's hard. You can still buy an American-made jack if you look far and wide, but most of them are uh, blessed by uh, President Xi, and President Xi doesn't <laughs> care if, if you get taken out when the seal blows in your cheap Chinese jack. Uh, no, I have several care. cheap Chinese jacks, but yeah, no, President Xi is not even going to come to your funeral. No, you know, no, he won't even send you flowers. No, not nothing. No, but uh, you're right. So, uh, be uh, <laughs> you know, but when it comes when it comes to those jacks, if you have a sports car, like let's say, uh, you know, even if it's a Corvette or a Lotus, something that's really low to the ground, or like a sports racer, you need a low profile jack. And some some jacks you can't get underneath the car. I mean, I know you have Hudsons and AMCs, and you don't have that problem. But sometimes when you're dealing with sports cars, you really need a low-profile jack. So when it comes down to, you really do need a selection of three or four different hydraulic jacks in your garage. you got to have variety. Hey. But you never know yeah, what the application calls for. Now, I have to point out to those who yep. are uninformed that I do own sports cars, too. I, I have a 95 right. uh, Mitsubishi 3000 GTBR4. So, yeah, yeah, you're right. Not enough room to get up right. under there. And, uh, you know, the free bumper jack that you gave me, it doesn't work well on that. So, I, Well, that's why I gave I, it to you. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> Thanks. I don't give away ice in the winter, pal, let me tell you. Especially when it comes <laughs> to cop stuff. No, I keep the good stuff for myself. Although, I, I, I did give you a bunch of uh, plastic containers for you to put your car parts in, right? Yes, you did, and they were free. So, they were, we go. I got Today's, them for free. So that's why I gave them to you. <laughs> exactly, they were in your way. <laughs> yeah, the theme of today's the theme of today's show, folks: free, 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 free. I love free. So, my middle name. You know, a couple other things that are really, really inexpensive. They could really save, potentially save your life and save your car. Wheel chocks. Unless yes. you were uh, living in Arizona and it's flat as a pancake, you need wheel chocks. Wheel chocks, you right. can buy them. They're inexpensive. Ten bucks gets you a nice wheel chock. I do not trust emergency brakes. You've got to figure on your older cars, 
It's emergency brakes have been used and used and used, and you never know when the mechanism is going to release on you. I've had it happen. I put the emergency brake on overnight. I walk out the next morning, and the car is about 100 feet away from where I parked it. Thankfully, it it wasn't damaged, but it happens. And if that happened and you were standing behind the car, not only would the car end up damaged, but you'd be dead, too. So, I mean, you wouldn't care that the car was damaged because you'd be dead, but, you know, still. Right. A, a wheel chalk would have would have kept that from happening. So I I don't trust those emergency brakes. I always chalk, chalk the wheel. Uh, another really cool thing that has come out with the advent of really good LED light bulbs. Yeah. So if you're driving your old Triumph and it breaks down five times in a row in the middle of the night, like they always do, of course, you wouldn't be able to see already because the Lucas Electrics wouldn't be illuminating anything. But then you'd break down and you're out in the middle of nowhere, no lights, no anything, daring on the side of the road near Triumph. If you get one of these emergency uh, roadside LED strobe lights, they're amazing, and you can get them in a pack package of five or six, I think it is. Actually, I think there's even an eight-pack that you can buy on Amazon. I don't know. They're about the size of a Hostess cupcake, okay? I'm trying to think of what they'd mm-hmm. be the size of, a Hostess cupcake. And they have high-intensity LEDs that flash and alternate, and they're really, really, really bright. They run off, uh, use AA batteries. They don't take up a lot of space, but, man, they're bright. They're a lot better than road flares, in my opinion. Uh, yep. Not, no potential to set your car on fire where a road flare, potentially you have a gasoline leak and you throw that flare down there. Whoosh. There kaboom. you go. Uh, yeah, kaboom. <laughs> so I highly recommend We'll go out and get a uh, pack of these LED roadside strobe lights, and they're cheap. They're cheap. They're not free, but they're cheap. But um, you know, your life—it's priceless. So, it's just a couple more. Yeah. Well, speaking of your your life, you know, I know we've mentioned this before, and you know, it's good to keep on mentioning it. Uh, you need eye protection, ear protection. And gloves. You got to protect yourself. You got to protect your body parts because you can't get replacement. So, uh, you oh. know, a lot of eye protection is out there, and, and you know that better than anyone else. Good quality glasses that don't shatter and things like that won't fog up. You know, uh, different types of latex gloves, and they have uh, non latex gloves that protect your hands from whatever chemicals you're using, and, you know, and then we always forget about our ears, you know, with noise of the compressor and things like that. Or if you're hammering, you know, to get, you know, uh, fasteners off and you need that two-pound sledgehammer, you know, put ear protection on. Take care of your body, folks. Yeah, sadly, I, I as you pointed out, of course, uh, family eye care is my uh, day job, so to speak. And always make sure that whatever you buy, it's it's got ANSI rating on it. 
don't just buy some cheesy, cheap pair of safety glasses. Make sure they're ANSI rated. And I'll, I'll put in a plug for the industry here. If you wear prescription eyewear, just spend the money and buy a pair of prescription safety eyewear. You'll never regret it. You see better. You don't have those clunky goggles that you stick over wear how much? glasses and so forth. I mean, how, how I, much? it runs the gamut. It runs the gamut. You can get yeah. them as, as inexpensively as, you know, 75 bucks. So, I mean, oh. they're inexpensive. They, you're guaranteed to work well. They're all ANSI rated. They're all tested to make sure that, you know, the, if a projectile hits the lenses, that the lens doesn't discharge into the rear of the frame, which goes into the orbit of the eye, which leaves you <clears throat> potentially blinded. So, you know, spend that few extra bucks and get a pair of safety glasses. And they're not as ugly as they used to be. We used to call them birth control glasses. They're not, not birth control glasses anymore. They've got styles of all sizes, shapes, colors, really good so you'll be happy to have your safety glasses on um, as far as ear protection is concerned unfortunately I can tell you because I didn't protect my ears I did not protect the same my boat. ears yep. I love yep. the sounds and so on and so forth there's nothing better than uncapped headers uh, and now I'm paying the price I have very bad tinnitus on a scale of one to ten at times mine is a nine it's deafening it, it causes you to lose your um, ability to concentrate it, yep. it makes yep. it difficult to sleep you don't want to go there you don't want to end up like me buy good hearing protection um, we yeah. can't emphasize that enough and, and it mm-hmm. is cheap and you cannot what, there's no cure for tinnitus, none. All you have, no. all you can do is turn on a bunch of background noise to try to dry, drown some of it out, so you can think straight. Okay, but there's no. Um, another thing: batteries, jumper cables. I watch people mm. jump. They put cable on the negative terminal. One battery, no. negative terminal to the other battery. Then they put the positive terminal to the other positive terminal, and of course it causes a spark. Well, the well, batteries produce they produce hydrogen gas, which yep. uh, if you remember the Hindenburg, filled with hydrogen. Kaboom! Boom! Boom! <laughs> Boom! <laughs> and so, don't do that, folks. I actually watched a guy do it one day in a, in a parking lot. And he had screw-on caps on the uh, battery. A, a little blue fl- flame actually shot out of the vent in the wow. center of that little screw-on cap. Oh, yeah. I mean, it didn't explode. How it didn't explode, don't get me. But anyhow, um, it, it, it's very dangerous. You don't want to get uh, sulfuric acid, um, I mean, hydrochloric acid in your eyes. You just don't want to do that. No, Get it on your skin, all over your underneath your mm-hmm. car. I had one blow up because there was an arc between the post and the battery connector. 
and it blew out the side of the battery underneath the hood. I mean, literally turned the key to start the car, and boom, and uh, oh, what a mess to clean up. Baking soda and water Ooh. everywhere. I mean, to try to, and fortunately, I'm, I got it all um, and converted it, neutralized the acid, but um, this is a ter- terrible mess. So be careful using jumpers. It put one across the terminals and then the other one the ground put it to a ground position on the on the engine okay somewhere where you're you know not going to be near any moving parts or anything so that you're you're negative you're just going ground to ground but not to the battery so go to your put your clamps on your positive terminals on your battery and then for the negative just go ground to ground that way you don't have any spark near your battery when you hook it up. You do that last. Um, the other thing, battery chargers. I don't care whether it's a trickle charger or a larger um, quick boost charger. I don't leave them unattended and leave them on no. for long, for, you know, unless no. the vehicle is outside of the garage. And I really don't like yeah. to do it even outside the garage but I do not leave a battery tender on all the time I'll put one I'll turn them off to keep you know bring the battery up to charge but I don't leave them on constantly it it bothers me I've seen too many tire collections in their garages because something failed whether it was the battery that failed rather than the charger the end result was the same started a fire and it burned down the garage and all the cars i mean how many times did you walk into someone's you know car collection you know with you know a dozen cars and there's a dozen battery tenders or whatever you want to call them you know all lined up and they're all functioning it's like ooh, i see that and i just you know to me it's dangerous you know i mean if you leave if you leave them on while you're there that's okay but at night you got to shut that whole circuit off just play it safe. But, you know, yeah, you were speaking of, you know, ground, the battery ground. Well, speaking of ground, uh, sometimes when you work on your car, you got to be on your knees. And, you know, the older you get, like your age, you know, those knees take a pounding <laughs> when you're, you know, on concrete. Yeah. So yeah, go to, one. like, a garden center and you get some of those... Uh, phone rubber pads that gardeners use and you kneel on those and they're like five bucks ten bucks and sometimes when you're laying on the floor of your car like you have to go underneath the dash and you're laying on your back you could put that that uh piece of foam down and it's much more comfortable on your back on your spine and uh especially on your knees when you're using that if you're changing the oil you can lay on that instead of laying on concrete and uh again Five bucks, ten bucks. I have a few of them, and uh, they're a lifesaver. They really save you from getting aches and pains, and from you know going through that Tylenol bottle when you get in the house. I was going to say it saves you on on uh, what is it you use? Uh, Absorbing Junior. That's it. Absorbing Junior. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Saves yeah. you. You probably use it by the gallon. You know. <laughs> uh. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, you know speak, speaking of, uh, of of medicine and things like that, what do you use to clean your hands? 
I use that orange goop, which is really good. I forgot yeah, what it's I called. I just use a, 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 a lanolin-based, like, gojo. I, my favorite is gojo right. with pumice. Gojo. gojo with pumice. Yes. Um, That's what I use. Right. Yeah, don't use gasoline to clean your hands, folks. And I know some people who have done that. That's no good. No good. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember the, the stats, but, you know, solvents and other liquids like gasoline, acetone, mm-hmm. etc. you take and put a dab of it on your skin, on your hands, it travels to your liver in, like, no time whatsoever. Um I'll yeah, have to look. To look I'll have to read up on that. But yeah, I mean that stuff all is is toxic. If you can't mm-hmm. drink it, you really don't want it on your exposed skin. That's my rule of thumb. If I can't drink it, I don't want my hands in it. There you go. That's why you got to use gloves and hand protection. Yeah. Another another important point to make, and I almost forgot about this one, and and I wanted to talk about some cheap cars, too, and maybe we can get to that, but this is important. How many of you out there, and I did this, too, for a number of years, when your car doesn't want to start, you don't happen to have or want to use a can of starting fluid, and I understand a lot of people, you know, are worried about starting fluid causing engine damage uh, because it's so volatile. Um, when the uh, when it ignites, it can cause engine damage. I've never had that happen, but it can happen. Uh, most starting fluid formulas today are concocted in such a fashion it's not going to blow up your car if you use starting fluid. And in the old days, the, the uh, mix was a little bit different than what they use today. But anyhow, um, you pull the air cleaner off, and pour a little gas in there, either straight from the can or maybe from a, mm-hmm. a little glass jar or something like that and dribble it down in the into the carburetor. You know, if you're going to do that, you might dribble a little in there and then take the receptacle that had the gas in it and put it far away from the car. And then you get in the car and go to, go to start it after having put the air cleaner back on. But... A number of years ago, we had a, a friend of mine and I started a charity, uh, two-day charity event car show to support the museum, uh, Virginia Museum of Transportation. And we had George Barris here, and we had people bring a number of George's cars. And this one guy came came in from Rhode Island, Massachusetts, right up there, and he had a Thunderbird that had been... Uh, customized by George Barris, super nice guy. He couldn't have been any nicer. Uh, you know, we were going to, we had a sponsor. We were going to help uh, subsidize travel costs and so forth. The guy refused to take a nickel. He was just happy to bring the car down, hang out with us and and George Barris and everything. Wonderful guy, a new friend we made. Well, a week and a half later, I read where he was in the burn unit of a hospital fighting for his life. He had gone back home after the show. The next weekend, he was working on a car with his grandson. And he's went trying to start a car that hadn't been started in a while. He's got the air cleaner off. And 
he has a cup of gasoline and he's dribbling it into the carburetor while the grandson's trying, you know, turning the key over. Well, the car backfires like they do frequently to backfire through the carburetor and it startled him. But during the backfire, it ignited the gasoline in the cup that he had in his hand. And the backfire also startled him. So all of this is happening in a split second, folks. He jerked back, and when he did, he threw all that gasoline all over his face and chest. And it was on Oof, fire. Not and good. he ended up with second and third degree burns. They yeah. tried to save him. He languished for six six or seven weeks, and he, he passed away. He passed away. Yeah, you, you got to be uh, careful. You got to take safety precautions in everything you do when you're working on your cars, from the smallest thing to, like you said, putting in gasoline into the carburetors. Yeah, you got to be very vigilant in everything you do. Think ahead. Plan ahead. Think about what That's could go wrong. Yep. Oh, and the other thing is, if something does catch on fire, try to keep your wits about you. Don't panic. Assess your situation. Make sure you have an exit. Just look around. Make sure you know in your head, I'm going to go out that door if things get ugly, because they can get ugly very quickly. So you always want to have they a, can. A, a, a way to get out. And when you're using your fire extinguisher and you should go online learn how to specifically use a fire extinguisher but uh you know six to eight feet don't get any closer than that fighting your fire chances are something could flame up and then it gets you on fire and and you're done for so and most importantly and most importantly in preparation if that does happen always have that bucket of sand i'm telling you you gotta have (laughs) it a bucket of sand. I'm going to buy you a bucket of sand. <laughs> so we've got a couple minutes left. We've, we've talked about safety mostly, and that's a good thing. We can't talk about that enough, and so every opportunity we get to talk about keeping everybody safe is, is time well spent. But cheap cars. We'll talk more about cheap cars down the road, but let's talk about cheap, affordable collector cars. They're out there. Everything isn't Barry Jackson. There's stuff out there that What's you cheap? buy and have a bunch of fun with. Well, I don't know. What, what well, do you, you think know, is cheap? You know, things sometimes have changed, as we all know. I mean, when I was in high school, you could have bought a box Nova for $350. That was running. You know, you could buy, you know, sports cars, Triumphs and MGs for 500 bucks. Just get in and drive. You didn't have now to restore people them. Now you to take them. Now, well, you know, try to find a box Nova now. You know, one needing restoration is, you know, 15 to 20 grand. You know, so times have changed. What's cheap? I guess we could say anything under $5,000. All the cars yeah. that are worth owning for under 5000 yeah. You know, if you're into sports cars, a Miata. You know, yeah, you could pick up a Triumph Spitfire or something, but, you know, they're always going to need work. But a Miata, you could just get in and go. I see them all the time, you know, $4,000, $5,000 in decent shape. So that that's my pick if you're into sports cars. That's a good cheap car. Yeah, uh, yeah RX, Aces, a Mazda RX-7s. You can't find Aces anymore. Yeah, yeah, RX-7s, you know, those have have become quite collectible. 
uh, hard to find the early ones because all the seals went out on the road. It's in the Wankel engine. But, uh, you know, what about AMCs? Don't, don't, you can find AMCs on the five grand, can't you? Not so much gremlins oh, yeah. anymore, but, you know. No, but ramblers. Ramblers, nothing, yeah. Nothing wrong with a rambler, especially the, the, you know, and I like all of them, okay? Like I a mid-60s, right? The mid-60s cars were really well-styled. Uh, the, yes. the 64 Rambler, when it came out, it had the tunneled headlights that were similar yep. to what was on the uh, Chrysler Turbine car. Very stylish, uh, nice-looking car, six-cylinder. Uh, I had the Rogue option with the... Uh, 343, um, and then, of course, they had the Scramblers with the 390 in them. Um, but in, we're talking uh, cheap. Ch- scramblers are too expensive. What's cheap? Cars. Rambler. Cars. Inexpensive to work on. Easy to work on. And can you find a pacer? The fact, uh, you know, you if you look hard enough, you can still find a pacer for under five grand. Right. Uh, you'll want what to make about sure something that pre-war. it's not rusted out. What about a Model A? You can still find Model A for five grand on. needing a lot of work. Yeah, they're going to need a lot of work um, at five grand. But you know what? Uh, if you throw a couple extra bucks at it, you can get a much better one for maybe only twenty five hundred or three thousand dollars more because they, if you're vigilant, they do pop up pretty decent cars for. A grand. I mean, they need paint work, they need interior work, and so forth. But you could get them running with just a little bit of uh, effort and drive them. Yep. Uh, yep. Another great Chrysler, uh, Plymouths and Dodges, forty-eight to say fifty-three. Forty-eight to fifty-three. Yeah. They're they're stocky a little ones. bit, but they're great. Right. They're great. They're they're bulletproof. The parts are out there. They're they're cheap, folks. Cheap cars built are like tanks. Yep. Yeah. Well, cheap cars are we good. could talk about that more. We have to get ready to go. We could talk about that more next week because we love cheap cars and cheap cars are good. Cheap tools are bad. And everybody have a wonderful weekend. And if you want to work on your cars, be safe, folks. Get off the couch. Get in the garage. Yes. See you next time. All Take right. Care. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.